Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 199. Yes, 199. Yay. Recorded on 29 November 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, the Electronic Communications Amendment Bill. Also this week, the SABC, DSTV and ANN7. ICASA wants data to expire after a minimum of three years. Hmm. And was Black Friday a waste of time? Mm, I think so. It's Wednesday for a change, and it's time to talk all things technology. Welcome to Talk Central. How's it, Richard? How's it, Duncan? Great, thanks. Sorry, we missed the show last week, but events conspired, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so we're recording on a on a Wednesday because this Friday is also looking a bit. I took the blame for last week. You'll take the blame for this week. Yeah, um, but episode one ninety nine, one to go to two hundred, and we'll no doubt do it before the end of the year. I can't we'll wait. What prob- a milestone! Probably squeeze in uh, one or two more before before we disappear oh, we for Christmas. To. We yeah, have to. for we sure, have to. for sure. For what sure. do you mean breaking up for Christmas? We we work straight through, don't we? As general work people. That's true. There's always a laptop near me. Um, Freelance. You know, you never get an end of it. But uh, I'm taking my longest holiday this year than I've taken in about 10 years. So oh, fantastic. Really looking forward to two weeks at the coast. Oh, beautiful. But yeah, I'll have my laptop with me in case uh, of anything <laughs> of course, big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the life of a journalist. Um, so yeah, um, I, lots of interesting stuff happening. Um, we've mm. been a bit quiet on the Tech Central podcast front over the last few weeks. Um, again, my fault, just been very busy. Mm-hmm. But uh, recorded a great podcast with Andrew Fraser, friend of the show, uh, yesterday, uh, Tuesday. Um, and we recorded it at a um, studio in Parkhurst called Milk and Sugar. And nice. uh, wow, it's an amazing the difference a proper studio makes to their audio quality. Yeah. Um, it was the dead silent, um, proper soundproof studio. And then the microphones can do what they need to do and just focus yeah. on the audio in front of them. Yes. Um, so any chance we can uh, move there for a few podcasts? Or is that well, uh, the the owner said uh, we're welcome to to use the space. Um, it's a fantastic facility, actually. And, um, you know, there, I think there are opportunities to, to have some panel discussions. And, you know, he's got one of those, what they call, I think they call them infinity Curves, walls yes, yes, know, yes. Uh, for video shoots. Uh, very nice setup. That I must go check it out. And yeah. also, what else is in Parkhurst? Lots of beer. So we can just combine the two and have a great podcast. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like your thinking. Um, so don't miss that podcast I did with Andrew Fraser. We were talking about uh, the multi-choice ANN7 deal, which has been all over the news since Friday. Uh, and, of course, there, is, there are more developments on multi-choice this week, which um, actually we're in the middle of breaking right now. Um, we're recording this podcast and I'm going on to a, a call shortly oh, yeah. after this to talk about some of the stuff. And I can't go into a lot of detail until I've actually got to the bottom of some of the stuff. But uh, look out on Tech Central later today. We'll have a big story on this. It's huge. It's huge. Um, so, yeah, check out the podcast with Andrew Fraser. I thought it was a very interesting summation of the digital migration project and uh, multi-choice in ANN7. Um, provided some good insight, I thought. And uh, let us know what you thought of that audio quality and maybe we'll... Uh, We'll record there more often. But before we dive into all of the week's news, yes. let's do our quiz, Rechot. Definitely. So the first question in this week's quiz, what regulations does the SABC want scrapped so that it can start to charge DSTV to carry its free-to-air channels? Black Friday is a U.S. concept. It falls after an American public holiday. Which holiday is that? The third question, the government of Benin ordered the CEO of MTN subsidiary in the country to leave. Who is he? 
Macro this week announced a majority stake, or it had acquired rather a majority stake in which fulfillment startup? There was some good news there. And the last question, Samsung is rumored to be announcing details of the Galaxy S9 at which trade show early next year? That's our quiz. We'll get to the answers, as always, at the end of the show. But uh, let's get into the news. Let's let's just talk briefly about Bitcoin because yesterday, last mm. night, it went through ten thousand dollars. It was last trading I saw at ten thousand eight hundred dollars. Uh, I was um, I said to my wife last night, you know, I'm so tempted to buy this. And if I bought then, I would have already made a ten percent profit. The question is, do you buy when it's this expensive? I mean, the question is, I mean, I suppose the other the the alternative to that is the counter to that is, do I buy it while it's still so cheap? <laughs> Trading talk. Before it gets to $100,000, you know. Um, I'm tempted. I, I must say I am tempted. Um, you know, th- this is Bitcoin doesn't have the problems of, of fiat currency and that government can't print more of it. Mm. It's a limited mm. resource. It's privatized money in effect. Um, you know, does it just keep going up because of the limited supply? Well, I, I would imagine it could go up a lot more closer to that, that number, that finite number of uh, uh, hashes that can yeah. be mined. Because then after that, you know, what? The, the, that's a closed, or it's a completed system almost. I'm yes. sure it'll take a long time to get there. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it's going to go up. It must, it must go up. Oh, well, I don't know. That's why I, have, that's why I haven't bought. <laughs> and if it was, it was obviously going to go up, I would have just gone straight on to Luna or one of these exchanges and bought. But I am kicking myself for not buying a few months ago. I mean, if you bought this thing at the beginning of the year and you'd put in 100,000 Rand, you'd be a rich man mm. right now. Mm. <laughs> but if we could predict these things, the we would all be rich. But it's right. the risk. Yeah. And it's run up so hard, I can't help thinking that there's going to be a major correction. Well, so it's happened before. It, it has. before, and then it picked yeah. up again. So do you wait for that drop and then pick up a yeah. few? And then, cause I mean, just a week or two ago, it dropped all the way down to something like six six $6,500, and now it's $10,800. Sure. I mean, the returns you can make here are, are quite eye-watering. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been talking to a lot of libertarian economists about it, and uh, they are so gung ho bullish on this. They, you know, they talk a hundred thousand dollars by twenty twenty. They're talking a million dollars eventually, if not more, for one bitcoin. Wow. Hell. I definitely missed the boat. There's no way I'm going to get bitcoin now. That's just what, the reality. What worries me is that every man and his dog is talking about buying Bitcoin now. You go to a dinner party and all the conversation is about, should we be buying Bitcoin? And that's almost always the sign that something has become a bubble. Mm. Uh, in 2000, everyone was saying, should I buy dot-com stocks? Uh, and everyone was buying dot-com stocks and then the market c- collapsed. Oh, they said stocks. I was just buying dot-coms. <laughs> oh, was that where I missed that one You missed too. the memo. Damn. <laughs> yes, I've got a lot of URLs up for grabs. Well, you, 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 you won because <laughs> most of those dot-coms got wiped out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting time. Crypto has been, I think, the biggest story of the year. It is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm kind of angry at myself that I never fulfilled the mining thing. I, th- I, I really found that fascinating. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, if you look at that industry, graphics cards being sold out all across South Africa because people yeah. are just mining. But I've I've seen a lot of things online where people are saying it's not really useful to mine now. There's some really good YouTube videos where people have calculated if you get into it now, with electricity prices, obviously cost of the hardware. Yeah, it's it's probably easier just to buy Bitcoin than to try and mine them. Yes. Um, in terms of what you'll get out of it. Yes. 
But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, if you could get in a time machine and go back five years, I'd, yeah. I'd, um, I'd be a Bitcoin miner for sure. If we, can, if we got a time machine, we would. Bitcoin would be the least of our concerns. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I'd go forward in time, not back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's run away from this. <laughs> let's find out what it's the future looks like. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I started watching that show for the first time recently. It's very good. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. I didn't like it at first because I, I don't know. Just the first episode I watched didn't grab me. Um, but yeah, no, I'm. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. I've started watching it on Netflix uh, and we'll be doing more. I I much say I much prefer it to The Simpsons, which is really lost. lost Yeah, The Simpsons, I lost uh, lost the love for that long time Mm -hmm. ago. But Family Guy is still up there. I haven't seen it. One of my favorites, so well worth it. Is that a cartoon as well? Also cartoons. Mm -hmm. uh, Seth MacFarlane. Um, he's, he's got a few. American Dad is another one that he did. Um, the Cleveland Show is a spin off as well. Okay. It's really good. Good humor. Great. But we digress. We digress. So I think. Multi-choice is in a spot of bother, and that's put a spot of bother, and that's putting it mildly. Mm. Uh, the first of all, the revelations last week. News Twenty Four published the story that they there was a Fourth Amendment to the Channel Supply Agreement with ANN Seven, which is of course the Gupta-owned TV channel now nominally, and I use that word emphasised, owned mm. by mm. Mzwanele Manye um, through a vendor financing deal with the Guptas. Um, that story broke on News 24 on Friday. Uh, fourth channel amendment agreement where they inc- it shows they increased the payments to ANN7 from 50 million rand to 141 million rand a year and made a 25 million rand upfront payment, uh, ostensibly, I believe, so that ANN7 could improve the quality of its channel, which very clearly was needed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, suggestions that there were, you know, this, this amounted to a kickback to help to help ensure that the Guptas, who were clearly uh, micromanaging the Minister of Communications at the time, Faith Mutambi, emails were exchanged between the Guptas and Faith Mutambi, suggestions that um, this was some sort of kickback to um, try and influence government policy. Multi-choice has firmly denied that. They've rubbished mm-hmm. the allegations. But now today, Pumzile van Dam, who is the DA, MP, and the party spokeswoman on communications, has published a sensational uh, document which was submitted by the SABC to Parliament as part of the parliamentary inquiry and she's just unearthed this in a big wad of documents. Minutes of a meeting that happened on the 6th of June 2013 at the SABC at which Nolola Tele, the multi-choice executive chairman and Imtiaz Patel, the former multi-choice CEO who is now the CEO of Naspers Video Entertainment were present along with various SABC executives, including um, Claudia Mutsuneng, who's been fired from the broadcaster, Lulama Mokobo, who's the former chairman, Ellen Chabalala, another former chairman, and various other SABC executives. Now, what this document shows is that MultiChoice exerted enormous pressure on the SABC to side with it in its fight with ETV over the encryption of digital broadcasts. And in fact, in the final contract that was signed a month later, which I have a copy of, uh, that clause was was retained, specifically stating that SABC may not carry its um, free-to-air channels on a platform that is encrypted. Uh, And the suggestions at the time that the contract was initially leaked said that, you know, this is multi-choice using a commercial contract to exert pressure uh, um, on the public broadcaster in an effort to influence government policy on encryption, which at the time the government was flip-flopping on on which way to go. And we know that MultiChoice and ETV were engaged in a, in a high-stakes battle with each other. It was very ugly, very acrimonious. And... Uh, 
so this document has emerged uh, of the minutes of this meeting where both Intias Patel and Nolulatele put exerted enormous pressure on, on and basically said this deal is non-negotiable uh, if this clause is not included. Mm. It's it's pretty damning stuff. Um, not now good. we've uh, we're running a story on this this afternoon. The reason we haven't published yet, News Twenty Four has published something on this, and I think there've been one or two other reports already based on Pumzile. Fundam publishing this document, but there's more to it. Mm. I can't say any more at this stage. Um, I'm going on to a call immediately after this podcast, but look out for the story later today. Um, it's pretty sensational stuff, and I think that um, I think that Naspers, which owns MultiChoice, needs to start to deal with this. So far, it's just been a series of denials from uh, MultiChoice, mm-hmm. uh, but there, there are very serious accusations here that MultiChoice... Um, was, was trying to influence government policy through commercial contracts and, and leveraging its power uh, in the industry, um, you know, to buy content from various sources uh, to to try and influence government. Now, you know, the gov- multi-choice to date has denied these allegations, mm-hmm. saying they were absolutely rubbish. But uh, this these these minutes from this SABC multi-choice meeting, which took place at Auckland Park here in Johannesburg, which is where the SABC is headquartered. Um, they raise the stakes quite considerably and I think that um, Naspers Bob van Dijk who's the CEO or Chris Becker who's the chairman need to need to step in because this is spiraling out of control and um, this has a huge reputational and potential commercial impact for multi-choice we've already seen a lot of noise on social media from people around the ANN7 deal saying that they're that's it they're not they're cancelling their DSTV subscriptions this is not good enough we're not funding the guptas uh, we we you know we, we don't want to be associated with this now whether that that's having any sort of real meaningful impact on the number of multi-choice DSTV subscribers at this point is unclear mm. as Andrew said in the podcast I recorded with him yesterday um, it's probably just a lot of noise because you know people still want to watch their rugby yeah, exactly. um, so <laughs> those guys still want to watch rugby exactly is, is, you know how many how many cancellations will there actually be but what, what is true is that this is having a very real impact reputationally on multi-choice it's a crisis for them and they need to be seen to be dealing with it and being open and honest about what has transpired here and as i wrote in a column a couple of days ago if necessary if there was if there were transgressions here then people need to be held accountable so but it's more on this easy never more, easy in this country is it more more on the story this afternoon um can't wait to hear, you've, can't wait you've to read, read you've read the draft i've produced but yeah. uh, i can't say anything more about it just yet but uh, yeah later today so, what else is a, what else do we need to talk about? The Electronic Communications Amendment Bill. Um, talking about disasters, <laughs> <laughs> train wrecks. Um, so, government's published the Electronic Communications Amendment Bill, which is the first step to implementing the National Integrated ICT Policy White Paper, and it, it's it's very problematic. Uh, MTN has come out most strongly, I think, mm. um, along with the Free Market Foundation in condemning it. Uh, Vodacom is also in a very carefully worded statement, not to trod on too many toes, has also criticized it. But um, Telcom and and CELC haven't really commented. Telcom said they're going to study it. CELC basically just said no comment, which I thought was a little surprising given that this is, you know, this has a direct bearing on them. Um, But I suppose they need a chance to study it in some detail. But uh, the Electronic Communications Amendment Bill um, basically is forcing through the creation of the Wholesale Open Access Network, which we've spoken about in some detail on this podcast before. Um, I personally think it's a dreadful idea. Um, 
there are the contentious components of this, the, the threat of taking away the spectrum. The existing spectrum from the operators is still there, um, which is major, hugely problematic that's and, and, and on, on its own can be challenged in the constitutional court, I'd imagine. Uh, so, yeah, it's the, the stuff around the WOAN is interesting. The, the, um, the, they say that any additional spectrum that goes to the operators, they'll have to roll out in rural areas first before they roll out in the cities, which is, which is an interesting one because the, the demand, the pressure on spectrum is in the cities. Yeah, um, but I've written quite a bit on it already, so go have a look at the website. Um, it's a problematic piece of legislation. Uh, the Free Market Foundation also condemning it. Uh, for only giving people uh, until I think around mid-December to comment on it, um, just as everyone's getting ready to go on holiday. Yeah, that's, a um, that's a planned time to make sure that yeah. minimal. Well, that's that's what Leon Lowe from the Free Market Foundation said. He said this is very clearly a deliberate strategy to um, minimise the ability of the public and the operators, mm-hmm. etc., to comment on on what is a crucial piece of legislation, pending legislation. So they've called for an extension. I think Vodacom also uh, has insisted that um, that they be allowed more time to to comment on this. But it needs it needs detailed in, interrogation. Unfortunately, I've seen nothing in the mainstream media on it. Um, I suppose they're too busy with other things. Um, but it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a very serious. Well, this um, has got imp- implications. It touches everybody. And I does. think we've seen something similar in the U.S. when when they've been going through a lot of the. I mean, they're still going through some of the the net neutrality uh, issues. But it, it, the, the problem is education in the masses. You know, people people don't understand that they, they don't understand look over issues. it. Yeah. So so the fact that it's not reaching mainstream media is mm. because people don't look. But pe- people don't understand it, so they kind of just yeah. think it doesn't really affect them. Yeah, the US, the, net, the U.S. net neutrality one is is interesting. Interesting. I, I used to be a proponent of net neutrality. The more I look at it, the more problematic I think it is. Um, if you've got a properly functioning market, you don't need it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I can see the appeal of it. It's, it seems like a co- consumer-friendly thing to do. But if you have a properly functioning competitive infrastructure market in the, in, in the telco space, then you shouldn't need it. Um, because an ISP that chooses to block Netflix, for example, um, is shooting itself in the foot because and we won't subscribe to that. you won't subscribe to yeah. that service. You'll go to another operator. Um, so I, I'm not sure that net neutrality is is necessary, and it it has probably pro, you know it has implications as well in you know providing quality of service. You know you can say to you know you can sell a cheaper broadband connection. You'll say well okay here's a cheap package, but uh, we're going to throttle your YouTube now. That might be in breach of net neutrality regulations. Yeah. Um, like we've seen here, with I mean, as as capacity increase, the value of data is coming down. So that's almost not even appealing to the consumer anymore. Mm. Um, it, it, you don't want to put any barriers in place where people are able to make more money off of it. And I think that's kind of where the problem is. Who, who's making? Who's benefiting? And even with the communications amendment bill, who's benefiting from? The ultimate, you know, the ultimate changes that's going to be made. Yeah, well, that's the other question: who the shareholder is going to be in this wholesale open access network, and why? Um, that conversation will no doubt be one we have in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for that podcast. But yeah, the Electronic Communications Amendment Bill, very problematic uh, piece of legislation. The Free Market Foundation is holding a press conference on it next week, which should be quite interesting. Uh, I think it's on the 6th of December. Um, so there's that, yeah. But if you want to read more about it, go check out Tech Central. We have written quite a bit about it already. We need to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. 
we're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity for business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber, now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rafa? How's it, Duncan? So, ICASA, data expiry plan, uh, announced about two weeks ago now. Um, three mu- uh, sorry, three years on all packages. This is an amendment from a previous uh, data expiry proposal, um, which was roundly criticized because it appeared to penalize the poor in that yeah. smaller data bundles would expire much quicker than larger data 50 bundles. 50 days or something like that, yeah. Yeah, if not less. I think it might have been 10 days. Oh, on 10 days, you're yeah. right. Um, and up to, I think it was 24 months or... Yeah, I think it was 24 months. Now they've said three years across the board. If you buy one megabyte or a gigabyte, um, obviously until it's ex- used until up. Expired, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know what to make of it. It's, uh, you know, it's a regulatory intervention, and the problem with regulatory interventions is they almost always have an unintended si- uh, consequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in this case, you know, I think the operators might argue that prices will go up. Um, whether that is actually the case, I don't know, but certainly it'll have an impact on on the availability of, of numbers because um, either operators are going to have to keep these numbers in service for much longer than they did before. Does it mean we're going to run out of telephone numbers? Um, because, you know, every SIM has a number associated with it, even if it's not used for voice calls. Yes, yeah, so you can't expire the SIM uh, for if three the SIM's not being used. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, right now the operators are, are regularly expiring numbers um, to reuse yes, them. Yes. Um, I mean, that's, I guess, a reasonably easy problem to solve. You just issue more numbers um, maybe do lots of spect- I'm sure yeah, I'm sure we can just put a z- a zero something else before it add a number just to add it a number to or just add a prefix or just I mean we've already got so many numbers mm. prefixes allocated to mobile is 072 062 064 074 076 082081 I mean there's so many different number ranges now yeah. uh, maybe just add some more prefixes and if we run out of prefixes then I, I, I don't know what the technical implications would be but um, certainly the UK has at one point added another number so that their telephone numbers are, I think, 11, 11 digits. digits. Yeah. Well, I, could make, I think that would make things a little bit more confusing than adding from the base. Yeah. Just yeah, adding more digits in the beginning. Well, using the other digit ranges mm. uh, in your number range at least. I suspect there are also the technical complications with adding a number. Yeah, like, you know, you can't check for a 10-digit cell phone number. You have to check for 10 and 11-digit cell phones. Mm. You never know if it's wrong or not. Oh, yeah, and I don't know if they have to change the entire numbering system to add a number to everything. Let's go over to Klingon. The Klingon system, I believe, has got more character. No, I don't know. I'm just talking <laughs> But... Uh, <laughs> Look, I mean, it's, I think it's a good win for consumers, definitely. I mean, the fact that you can now have data... But is it? Last, well, I mean, the fact that your data won't expire, I don't know, the three-year number seems seems very long. But it's for not me... A, it's not a win for consumers if prices go up. Um, yeah, if the prices go up, it's not. But the fact that my data won't expire, I mean, mm. th- to me, that's a win. The fact yeah. that I can now buy a 10 gig, give it to my mother, and know that she'll be able to use it until it's done, not yeah. having to yeah. force through a 30-day 
it makes the management of yeah. I guess data for for us techies that provide technical support to loved ones much easier. Yeah. I think I think the operators are, are actually to blame. They've brought them on, this on themselves through their aggressive data expiry plans. Um, I mean, the fact thirty day expiry is ridiculous. No carryover on many of these plans. Um, they brought it on themselves. Mm. I mean, you, you you buy ten gigs of data at the beginning of the month and you use one gig of that data and you lose nine gigabytes. Well, I've been losing data every month for yeah. the last year, few years because, you know, you never reach a cap. I've got, yeah. a, I think, a six or seven gig account. Yeah. If that starts rolling over, I can drop my account less, uh, yeah. to, a, to a lesser amount. And that's what the operators know, this, which is why they don't do it. Well, that's exactly. So that's the negative side, negative impact on their side. But for me, again, as a consumer, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm holding on to my data. But yeah. But the question is, do the operators, which are now answerable to shareholders, put their prices up to to counteract the fact that you're probably going to move on to a lower data bundle? Well, I'll still be a, a regular customer. So, yeah, they, they, I'm sure there will be a, something will need to rectify the balance. But it's not right that they keep ripping us every month because our data expires just because we're not using mm-hmm. it. We've, I mean, if I buy 12 eggs and I don't use three of them, maybe that's the wrong analogy. But, you know, they're still there. It's not They're not getting taken away from... Mm-hmm. from the case you know I can yeah. still eat them if I want to I, so I know the analogy that, that uh, one of them is used I forget which one might have been Vodacom I'm not sure was that it's uh, that data is akin to timeshare you either use it or you lose it I don't know if I buy that model that that, that um, comparison but I mean we know we understand technically how all of these things work we know how data from our device gets out into the internet we know the path mm-hmm. we know the setup it shouldn't be a case of expiring data. I mean, I, I, I agree that there should be kind of some cap on it. You can't have it forever. I mean, if you pay for it, you need to have a lifetime. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there still needs to be a balance between a three or four, five-month rollover. Give give us some options so that we, you know, if I want to, there was a time, I think maybe three years ago, when people would, were out buying 10-gig packages and then just using it because mm. it would last for, I think, two or three months. That was There was a bundle available like that. That makes a lot of sense. Because you can use your data until it's done, not have to rush through every month. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, we need to trial this and see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is either. But I mean, I've got no, I've got no sympathy for the mobile operators over their aggressive data expiry. Um, and uh, I think ICASA is probably justified in intervening in some way. Whether three years is overkill, I don't know. It sounds like overkill to me at face value. Um, three years of technology has changed yeah. so much in any case. I think the underlying data, yeah. I mean, the mail that you would have sent with a 10 meg, mm-hmm. probably it's probably going to re- require 20 meg data to send, you know, yeah. I'm just uh, hypothesizing. Yeah. Even, a year, even a year sounds long to me. I mean, three to six months maybe. Um, but, I mean, how do you determine what it should be? Um, I mean, ECOS is still going to have hearings on this, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of the arguments put forward mm-hmm. about the impact that this will have on the networks. And it'll be interesting to hear what, what the various arguments are. Um, I wonder if anybody has nobody looked at the, the data, the numbers. I mean, how many customers across the networks have data that expires, and how much is that, and how much is you know, if they were to roll over. So, me as an average consumer, for example, if mm. I have one gig over at the end of every month, do, do they have? I would like to know if they've got those numbers because surely that should give them indication of what they're in for. Should mm. you know? Because those people that would have maybe bought every month now buys every month and a half. Yeah. Um, they can certainly do the planning on their networks. I mean, at the, the, you know, if they if they claim that, that this this affects their ability to plan their networks, I think that's a nonsense argument. I think they they do have an argument that uh, this would have an impact on their revenues because people wouldn't be buying mm. as often, and you know, yeah, yeah. So consumers would save money, but the operators would lose money, and so the operators argue that prices are going to go up. But in a properly competitive market, they shouldn't be in a position to be able to put prices up in the first place. 
So I suppose the question then is, is the market sufficiently competitive to ensure that if ECASA introduces these regulations, prices don't go up? Mm. That I don't know. The market's dominated by two big players, uh, but two feisty smaller players are also there. But me as a consumer, am I wrong to say that, and, and this might be a complete naive point of view, but I'm paying for data. It, why does it expire? I'm paying for that amount. I mean, it's only an infrastructure that these operators have developed that mm. is forcing me to, it's forcing, well, it's forcing the industry to expire them in 30 days for whatever reason it, yeah. it was. But surely if I pay for something, it's that's rightfully mine. That's where they bring in the, the timeshare argument. They say they've got to do network planning and you're purchasing a, 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 a bundle of value which is valid for a period of time and there was an investment in the network to, cre- to create that network for you to use that during that period of time. And yeah. if, if that data doesn't expire, then uh, it, it messes with their ability to plan their networks. I might do two megs more next month and they didn't plan for that. But I, you I think these things average out though? But customers. that's what I would think. You know, they would know that I had a 10 gig bundle and over the next, let's say, three months of expiry, six months of expiry, that that may come into play. Mm. But again, we know the infrastructure. We know the capacities on the back end. We know that an SMS and a voice call doesn't cost the, the amount of money it does. We know that a packet of data, a bit, mm. costs. I mean, yes, these businesses need to make money. I'm not taking that away from them. But it doesn't it, – it's not that kind of a thing that, that the value really falls away. I mean, that's mm. still a 10 gig that I need to use. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what the comments is from the public, and we hope we need yeah. to hope that people are actually going to. And what the operators say. I mean, the, the public to, never. Sorry, the operators. The, yeah. the public never commented these things, even though they're public hearings. But um, yeah, I think those hearings are coming up quite soon, so it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be a big bun fight, I suspect. But yeah, no. I can't, as I say, no sympathy for the operators because they have kind of brought this on themselves through that ex- aggressive expiry of data. Did you buy anything on Black Friday? No, um, apart from some Steam games, which I just, you know, it's just a good old sell. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I, do, I do work in an industry where we, where we had that question where we discussed, should we do something, should we be involved? But no, I didn't, I didn't uh, partake in it and uh, yeah. stayed away from it. Yeah, I also bought some games on Steam, but that was about it. I looked around, I try, to, I try to see what everybody else is doing, but the problem is a lot of guys are, you know, so they're either selling old stock or they're not selling at a good enough discount. You know, yes. we're not, we're not, like in your intro, you were saying, you know, that it's, or in the, it's a, it's a, it's a American tradition that's just become a sales thing across the world, you know, give an option, uh, opportunity for retailers to sell more. But in in the US, you get real discounts, and you get I, real value. Looking yeah. around on lo- the local websites, I couldn't actually see much that was really cool. I, you know, it knocked down, and where stuff was cheap, it was old stock that people were getting rid of, like old GoPros, for example. Yeah, um, and there's a place for that, but I mean, Black Friday isn't you know rather sell it in a different form. I guess everybody's just latching on to. Everybody's knowing that this is a big sales spending before the Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did see some really good prices on Lego, and I was very tempted to buy that. But again, you know, at the end of the day, I, the, the discounts weren't that amazing. There were better prices, but it yeah. wasn't like, um, if I miss this, I'm going to seriously lose out. Yeah. It wasn't 50% yeah. at all. I would have liked to buy some stuff on Takealot, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll <laughs> get to that. That, <laughs> that didn't happen. We're going to get to but, that um, shortly. Look, yeah, Black Friday, like I say, you know, I also work in an industry where, in, where we... Where we got customers and we sell stuff to people and we made a conscious decision we did one little thing but it, we didn't push it at all we didn't really want to do a big thing because you lose value as a retailer I mean we can't sell our new products at 50% off I mean mm-hmm. it might be great for the customer but we 
you're not you're cutting you're shooting yourself in the face really because you, you you're losing yeah. that value for what for f- a handful of people getting a really good discount and probably yes. never coming back to your store because they're just shopping online yes it's a very tricky thing for a retailer to be in because if you're not there you, you're not part of the noise mm-hmm. um, but if you are there and you're not making a big enough discount you know people are going to say but this isn't black friday special you know, yeah. consumers aren't stupid yeah 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 so yeah i was uh, i was quite underwhelmed i saw scenes i didn't go to a shop on really black friday it's a day i try and avoid the shops actually I've seen some, footage. some video footage of of yeah. stampedes and 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 just mayhem in places like checkers and, and game i saw one in yeah. canal walk so one of the windows got broken I mean, it was it's crazy it's crazy stuff it just shows your consumerism and people buying wanting to spend money on stuff they don't need <laughs> it's alive and kicking <laughs> indeed so thank goodness no more Black Friday for for another for another year. I'm thinking of starting something new. Should we call it uh, Wacky Wednesday? Oh no, that's been taken. Okay, <laughs> yeah, let's let's keep the sales. Let's keep the sales uh, yes. to the side. Yes, yes. I, pr- I probably shouldn't have a dig, but I'm I'm going to have a dig anyway. The websites that publish stories, endless stories about this Black Friday special and that Black Friday special. Um, new websites that are. Pre- Pretending to be reputable news sites, publishing these store, hundreds of these stories. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but, geez, there's not. I mean, throw your credibility out the window by publishing what is in, in effect advertising for these companies. Catalogs, catalogs, and might get you lots of traffic, but it doesn't do anything for your credibility. Yeah. But let me leave that there. Let's move on to our uh, regular features and our winner and loser of the week. Um, let's start with our loser because they really are a massive loser. <laughs> and I don't know how this has happened. Let's really. take a lot.com. I mean, seriously, guys, you know this is the biggest day of the year for you. You, you build the platforms that allow you to scale when the traffic comes to your website. No. Just shortly after midnight on Black Friday morning, take a lot's website goes down and is down for much of the day. <laughs> On your biggest shopping day a, of the year, because you haven't scaled off. your platform, or you've, you know, you haven't load tested it, or whatever you needed to do. I mean, we don't know exactly what went wrong because they haven't explained it. But they said a module went faulty somewhere. So I mean, knowing websites, I can only imagine something broke that maybe wasn't the main site. But if we look at again how these things work, you know, you have Fix it data that's uh, that's hosted on a server, and that server's got capacity, it's got RAM, it's got, it, you know, it can mm. ac- accept so many connections. But if the software, underlying software, if there's something, I mean, the capacity might be there, the server might be able to handle it, but if yeah. a, a poorly written module brings everything down, you know, the, but in the time it problem. took them to get their website back online, they could have spun up an entire new website in Amazon or something. And Yeah, I mean, for, for, for that to be out that long, I mean, it must have been a crucial module. Mm-hmm. It must have been something that affects everything. Maybe yeah. it was to do, I, I don't know, I, mean, I'll, yeah. I would be speculating. I, I but it shouldn't know, happen with a, a, with a retailer like I mean, that. I, I, don't, I don't know to what extent you can load test a website prior to, to this sort of thing or whether... Yeah, it's, but a, it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, know, you can scale, you can see... One person costs so much on your resources. Yeah. I mean, these guys are cleverer than me, and I can kind yeah. of figure it out. What's unforgivable is that this is not the first time this has happened. <laughs> as far as I can recall, it's happened last year as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's shoddy. Um, you know, if you, if you want to build – I mean, this is the biggest online retailer in the country. If you want to build a major online business and, and start to build the Amazon of South Africa – that you can't let this stuff happen. You seriously no, can't. It shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. It should I often happen. like to think of it, in, you know, online stores are, it's, it's the new brick and mortar, right? It's your shop face. It's the first thing people see when they come to your business. 
It, it's really as good as having a big cell and basically moving your entire building to another location, not telling anybody. Yeah. Right? You, you, you absolutely cannot have that. I had to laugh at the message they had up on their website there. It said, the store is currently full. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody thought they'd be clever and just yeah, let, deflect some of this. <laughs> Anyway, that's our loser this week. Take a lot, and um, our winner this week is also in kind of involved in the e-commerce space, and that's Wumdrop mm. startup business. Um, we wrote about them a few yes, years ago. Yes, you interviewed yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Simon Hartley, the CEO, their founder and well, CEO. They just started up, and Backrose just bought them, well, bought a majority stake in them, um, undisclosed sum, but. But uh, Macro bought them out, so there there is a successful tech startup, and uh, and we'll soon soon see more deliveries directly from Macro. I would assume. Yeah, they're gonna they're looking at um, uh, dramatically speeding up their uh, their deliveries. I think they were talking about uh, deliveries within two or three hours of your order. Wow. Yeah, Wamdrop is the kind of guys that I mean that was their, yeah. that was how they set themselves up. Yes. Uh, I would love to see that. I mean, I guess, you know, we were just talking about Amazon and the guys like Macro and these guys, they the, you know, in terms of what they sell, they yes. the, they're the guys that's going to compete with Amazon in those bulk purchases. You know, yeah. give me 56 rolls of toilet paper and deliver it tomorrow morning, mm. you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Those are the guys that's going to make an impact. And an acquisition like this, clever move, I think. Mm. Very clever. Very clever. So, uh, what's your pick this week, Rahad? Oh, I've got something cool. First, look in South Africa. These things literally just landed. Ooh. A company by the name of Maxtech is bringing them in. Um, Max is a good friend of mine, and he's got all these cool toys. So this is his latest little gadget. Now, what I'm holding in my hand is something that looks very much like the Euro, GoPro Euro Session. It's yeah. exactly the same size. Yes. But this is a light. So, I mean, it's got an – let me just give you the spec here. It's a 57,000K daylight, so it's great for shooting because it's pure daylight color. Um, 2200 lumen and it gives you up to four hour battery life wow but just have a look at that thing i mean it's designed for it's designed to provide lighting where you can't take a big lighting rig mm. so you can mount it to a drone you can hook it up you get some accessories that you can hook it up next to your um your action camera your gopro your garmin verb and it'll provide light you can even mount it to your bike it's got uh, some um threads in it so you can screw it onto a tripod um, like I said there are some really cool accessories now this is my favorite accessory it's a diffuser and this is what I'm going to be using extensively the reason why I got these was to um, to shoot studio to shoot in a studio environment with so I've got two of these um, and in a rel- relatively close proximity to me I, I would be able to then shoot and have myself or have a subject lit perfectly without too much of a you know payload in terms of weight and size um, if you hold the button down, it'll it'll actually switch off. Um, so yeah, the light. I mean, I just uh, there's another product in the market that is similar to that called the uh, and I forgot completely forgot the name. Um, anyway, there is something else similar. But what I like about this is the fact that it is rugged. It's a metal body. Very nice. Um, it can go underwater like that. It is. I think it's about 10 meters, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 50 meters. Um, wow! But the, again, the thing is, you you get that you get a little plate <laughs> accessory, um, or you can you get a GoPro mount accessory too, so you can mount it to any GoPro um, accessory. Yeah, it's very cool. I like the fact that there's mounts on both the back and the yes, bottom. yes, so you can you can move it around. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, the fact that this is very bright, yeah, and it's it's a it's a white light is what's really appealing to me. And with this diffuser on. I like it. This is this is it's pretty really cool. interesting. Oh, I haven't really shot cool. any real video with it, so I need to report back on what that looks like. Um, but the retail price of this, if you're interested, yeah. is one seven x VAT, so that'll probably make it just about two thousand rand. Uh, like I said, you can go to maxtech.co.za. You just landed a few of these. I got mine yesterday, um, so I would recommend checking it out. Yeah, that is um, very cool. I'm actually amazed at how um, how much torch technology has advanced with LEDs over the last few years. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be picking a torch as my pick sometime in the next couple. of 
couple of weeks. And I was, I'm blown away by what this thing can do. Uh, Portable light and LEDs, I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Like I've been looking at some panels for studio use, and they're fantastic, but mm. they are very expensive. Yeah. Um, you can look upwards of eight grand a panel. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, what they do is, you know, that they're perfect for their job. But for small studios and one-man bands like myself, you know, something like this where I can put a few of these in a bag, mm. um, you know, I can light up so much. If, I've, if I add a third or fourth one, you know, now all of a sudden you've got like surround light and you can do some really interesting things. And the fact that it's four hours, you can run it off the, the power as well, so you can run it for longer if you want. Nice. Very cool. Very but cool. I like it. Great. I've got two picks this week, uh, very briefly. Uh, my first one is Flight Radar 24. It's a site and an app oh, yes. that's been around for quite a while. And there are a lot of competitors out there, but I particularly like Flight Radar 24. I found on a Saturday morning, I'm sitting outside having a cup of coffee, relaxing, and you know, a lot of planes come over like 7, 8 in the morning, and you think, what? I wonder what that is. I wonder what that is. Where are they going? Yeah. Fire up the app, and you can see what it is. Oh, there comes the A380 Air France from Paris. Or, oh, there comes the you know Delta Airlines from Atlanta. Yeah. And these things are, you know, it's quite fun to sitting there on a Saturday morning it. and you see this plane that's coming over you now has been in the air for like 15 hours already um it's fascinating uh, and you can even check the the grant uh, the, the the baggage carts and stuff on the airport yes you can zoom in yes you <laughs> it's can. very cool to see that <laughs> you can indeed and uh, obviously if you click on one of the planes you get all you get a photograph and all the details you get tons of detail if you pay a little subscription fee each month mm, mm. Um, but that's not really necessary um, you get a picture of the plane a flight number you know what, what airline it is that sort of thing um, if you really geeky and into this stuff then you, you pay for a subscription you'll get all sorts of detail yeah, about those guys that uh, take photographs of the flights they use mm. that they chase yeah. them to the airport which make sure the right ones come in they yeah. take photographs of yeah. very, very cool app and the coolest part about it is um, uh, is the uh, augmented uh, reality so you can actually it's I mean it's not it's not as good as say explain 11 or something but you can get an idea of what the pilot is seeing by clicking a button in the app or on the website and get a view through the cockpit. Yeah, just like a digital flight. I love yeah. it. I love it. And you can also, uh, the other AR function on that is if you hold the phone up, put it in AR mode, you hold it up in the sky. That's right. And it'll, it'll show, show you where the plane is. That's are. right, yes. What a great app. It's, and it's free. I mean, for most of yeah. the functions. Yeah, it's fantastic. And my second pick this week, um, the, we're talking about the, the Steam sale. Uh, I bought a game called Party Hard. Um, it, have, you, have you played it? I picked it actually. A while ago. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, oh I thought but I Please, I would love to hear your spin on it uh, because <laughs> it is a great game. I oh, man. I actually, now I remember you picking that, actually. It's probably been sitting at the back of my mind, which is why I saw it on Steam. You I'm, bought uh, it, yeah. Bought yeah. It, yeah. It's a blim it, it was on sale for something like 20 bucks or something. It's worth it. So, worth it. what a brilliant game. Um, basically, the mission is to kill everyone at a party. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like 8-bit graphics. It's... Uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, it's not, you know, it's not like a 3D shooter where you're going in and gunning people down. But it's a nice top down. You can sit back and, you know, in a break, just toggle, down, yeah. toggle the controllers because it's yeah. basically up, down, left, sideways, and yeah. then the kill button. Yes, uh, uh, and it's fantastic. And you know, the trick is not to be seen. You're at a very busy party. You've got to sneak into rooms. You've got to kill people. You've got to avoid the cops. Um, and I, I mean, it's, it probably sounds a bit bizarre uh, to anyone listening to this who hasn't played the game, but it is completely addictive. I've been playing it for hours and hours and hours, and I can't stop. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. That's that's fantastic. And the the, the add-ons are also great because they add different levels and different yes. parties. And there's a beach scene and a building. Oh, right. And, yeah, okay. So the, the parties change the whole time, which yes. is fantastic. No, that's a great. It's game. quite hard as well. It's, it's it gets much more difficult. difficult yeah. 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 But I see, there's a, I see on Steam that there's a new version coming next year, Ooh, Party Hard 2. That could be good. Yeah. That could make a good mobile game as well. Yeah. 
one-handed play. Yeah. That's what I love about Steam, all these kind of indie games that never really had a voice. I mean, mm. how do you sell something like this unless you have a unified platform where mm. you, know, you can have access to these, these type of indie games, yeah. these titles? Yeah, for sure. So there you go. We've picked Party Hard twice now. So mm. uh, Must be good. That is a <laughs> high recommendation. <laughs> and um, apart from our quiz results, that is our show. Uh, Rechard, do you want to do the first question? Certainly. The first question, what regulations does the SABC want scrapped so that it can start to charge DSTV to carry its free-to-air channels? And the answer there is ICASA must carry regulations. Black Friday is a U.S. concept. No, not that South African retailers noticed. <laughs> it falls after an American public holiday. What holiday is that? And the answer is Thanksgiving, a holiday that commemorates a harvest festival celebrated by the Pilgrim Fathers in 1621. And depending on which side of the fence, it's also a very dark, a very dark public holiday in uh, America. The, gov- the third question, the government of Benin ordered the CEO of MTN subsidiary in the country to leave. Who is he? And the answer is Stephen Blewett. Macro this week acquired a majority stake in which fulfillment startup? And that is Womdrop. And the last question, Samsung is rumored to be announcing details of the Galaxy S9 at which trade show early next year? And obviously that is CES. CES. Well, and not obviously because that would be a break from uh, the past where they've typically used... Uh, Mobile oh, right. World Congress right. to announce it in Feb- late February, early March. So the rumor is that they're going to be announcing a CES in Las Vegas. But there's only one show at the beginning of the year. CES. CES, yeah. yeah. That's the one that everybody uh, early kind Jan. Of stays with. Yeah, yeah. Early Jan. No, it's, it's madness. It's madness. I've been once. I don't think I'll ever go back. Um, partly because I just don't like Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been. I'd like to go. I think it could be it's, a lot of fun. You've got to go once. You've got to go yeah, once. Sure, but it's, uh, sure. I mean, imagine Monte Casino on steroids. Yeah, 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. All day, and you're in a desert, so it's not even yeah cool. It's it's a picturesque place, and you go to you know you check out the Grand Canyon and that sort mm. of thing. But uh, Vegas itself, not for not my cup of tea, I have to tell you. Anyway, yeah. that is our show on this Wednesday, the 29th of November, 2017. We'll probably squeeze in two more before the end of the year, uh, I'd imagine. Maybe three. I'm not going away. I'm going to be here most of the time. Okay. So, so <laughs> episode 200 next Friday. Yes. We'll have to do something special for that, even if it's just uh, a couple of I'll bring of the else. beer. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got some uh, homebrew moonshine in the car. I'll bring that too. 70%. Oh. It, it, would, it would sit well with the audience. We probably won't finish the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then for our last um, episode of the year, no promises yet, but uh, we're looking to do something quite special. Yeah. Um, we'll have some more detail on that soon, maybe in the next show. So, um, as always, if you've got any feedback, of course, send us an email. We've had some great mails this week. Info at techcentral.co.za is the address. Or you can leave a comment under the post uh, on the podcast on the website. Until next time, from Rechner myself, cheers. Ciao, ciao.